mental health definitely took a plunge. I am very much like a, I'm always planning ahead and I'm always like kind of looking forward to the next thing. And so for me, that hit me really hard, even though I'm generally like very much an optimistic person, but I just kind of felt like I had almost lost my identity in a sense because I was always that person who was looking to the next thing. And with all that uncertainty, I didn't know whether you know, I was gonna keep my summer internship or if we were gonna be back um, in school in the fall at all. And so that was really hard for me to deal with. Hello and welcome to Hello Gen Z, a podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune that's all about America's youngest generation. I'm Christy Totten. And I'm Abby Hamblin. This episode is about the coronavirus pandemic and how it has had a major impact on the daily lives of Gen Zers and especially their mental health. Deep into the global pandemic, it feels like there's never been a better time to talk about mental health. And luckily for Gen Z, they're already very used to talking about it, but not so lucky for Gen Z. They're really suffering right now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued its first report on the pandemic and mental health in August. It found that, of all the generations, Gen Z was disproportionately suffering from mental health issues like anxiety, depression, and even suicidal thoughts. We're going to talk to an author of that report later in this episode, as well as another expert who offers some very helpful mental health advice, not just for Gen Z, but for all of us. But first, we're going to talk to members of Gen Z about how the pandemic has upended their lives in so many ways. Similar to how 9-11 and the Great Recession were key in shaping millennials, Some news outlets are pointing to the pandemic as a generation-defining event for Gen Z. Before we go any further with this episode, we want to mention that if you or someone you know is in emotional distress or having thoughts of suicide, the National Suicide Hotline is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. You can also visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. The pandemic we're in now started with a new coronavirus that appeared in China in late 2019. And it spread quickly around the world in early 2020. As the death toll rose, travel halted and entire cities closed down to try to stop the spread. The World Health Organization officially declared it a pandemic in March. We have never been before seen a pandemic sparked by a coronavirus. This is the first pandemic caused by coronavirus and we have never before seen a pandemic that can be controlled at the same time. It was a lot to sort out for members of Gen Z. They started processing what's going on the same way they process everything else on social media. And I feel like social media, especially Twitter, they like downplay it right if that makes any sense like it just everything seems like a joke yeah there's so many jokes about it online and i (laughs) okay i do find like some of them funny (laughs) so so many of them are yeah but like i feel bad liking them so i'll just like bookmark it really i like them yeah because i don't know because what if it happens to me and it was like all of a sudden it's not funny like i I feel bad because you know, there's actual, yeah, the actual people too. like being affected by it. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess it just hasn't hit me yet that this is pretty severe. That was a clip from Teenager Therapy from March. Teenager Therapy is a popular podcast that many members of Gen Z listen to to help them feel less alone. 
The hosts, Gael, Isaac, Thomas, Mark, and Kayla, have been offering support for their peers and sharing their lives from home as the pandemic continues. But on their very first coronavirus episode, of course, their thoughts turned straight to everything they'd soon be missing out on. Oh, it's going to suck because I know, like, I'm the same way. Like, I'm like, oh, you can't go out, but I still want to go out. Mm -hmm. And that's so selfish of me. And I think our generation is really going to struggle with being selfish and wanting to, like, enjoy our time. And this is our time to go out. And I'm not going to let this virus stop us from doing that. The coronavirus pandemic has put Generation Z in a unique position. Most of the deaths from COVID-19 are among people much older than them. And so early on, it seemed like younger people had less to worry about. But as the pandemic continued, studies revealed that young people can get infected and that they're spreading it to others. Colleges like Notre Dame and the University of North Carolina tried to start in-campus classes this month, but coronavirus outbreaks from gatherings and shared living spaces put a stop to that. Also this month, to make an example out of them, the mayor of Los Angeles shut off power to a mansion in the Hollywood Hills where three young TikTok stars were throwing parties. But the coronavirus pandemic is nothing like any American has dealt with in generations. Schools closed, businesses closed, and social distancing became a thing. Well, when I first heard about corona, I was probably like in a class checking the news and I read about it in China. And I think most of us really thought it was this really distant foreign thing. Like, We've always read about things happening abroad, and especially as Gen Z, we're always reading headlines, like catchy headlines, like this happened, this happened, all these people are dying. And it can be really overwhelming, and it's really sad, but a lot of us get kind of like apathetic towards these just because we see them all the time. That was Nina Salome. She was a senior in high school when the pandemic hit. Many young Americans found school getting canceled to be exciting, but Nina says that didn't last long. She didn't get to say goodbye to her high school friends in person like so many of us have. After a while, you just kind of start to miss everyone. And I mean, it's nice to like be in a group environment, even if you're forced to be in it. It still makes you feel like you have kind of the community that you're with. But just being at home alone all the time definitely starts to take a toll. And there's definitely some days where I feel really sad and like really unmotivated. And I just want to like stay in bed and I have this huge like exhaustion. And I'm like, why am I exhausted after being at home all week? And then you just kind of have to realize that this is like the most tired you've been, even though you used to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to sleep at 3 a.m. after working for five hours. It's like, but wow, this is like the most exhausted I've felt in like months. And it's just from like being alone all the time. <laughs> it kind of sucks. <laughs> For some members of Gen Z, the transition to online learning hasn't been too much of a shakeup. Some even prefer it. Olivia Seltzer, a high school student in Santa Barbara, said she was understanding of schools being closed down for health reasons. Luckily, I'm at the age where it's not going to impact myself. It's not going to impact my life too much. I still have a couple years until college, and I'm not in elementary school, where I imagine that that's a lot harder to do online school. So I think that the effects that we'll see from that it's definitely going to be interesting, but I, I don't think that that's enough to say that we should completely go back to school and disregard any health concerns. Other students we talked to described feeling completely thrown by the sudden change in their lives. Roxy Bessaril is a senior at San Diego State University, and she said she's missing the human connection she felt on campus. I love learning and I love going to classes and interacting with people, so I felt like I was in such a great place. Um, in regards to like self-growth and academic success. And then all of a sudden, you know, and I finally start feeling like part of the community 
and just being really happy where I was, meeting a lot of people, feeling good about what I was doing, pursuing my career. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're told that you can't go to campus and you can't like keep in touch with, well, you can keep in touch, but you can't interact with people in person. And that was really upsetting because I mean, you know, it took me years to find this place of like, of being like having the sense of belonging and social belonging and just um, validation and just being connected and recognized. And then for that to be taken away, that was really upsetting. But this isn't just about going to class. Gen Z has lost out on internships, studying abroad, clubs, and sports. Crystal Sung, a sophomore at Georgetown University, said the inequities stood out immediately. She's a Taiwanese-American, and she said racism has also been an issue. There were racist remarks um, about, you know, the Kung flu um, coming from even classmates at Georgetown, and that was just uh, you know, the Asian community at Georgetown is very politically active, but like just feeling that coming from our peers is just immensely shocking. And um, I would say even traumatizing to a degree, it's really, really disturbing. And so um, in addition to that, you know, just kind of the social economic differences have really been brought out. You see some people that, you know, can't get Wi-Fi access to be able to attend lecture and you realize just how many of your friends and your classmates are facing those difficulties or you know if they're going back to um an abusive household and it's your best friend and um he has to still maintain a gpa because he's on um he's trying to get an rotc scholarship like those are situations that you don't really hear about or feel as acutely until this pandemic happened and so i think in both senses, it's really created more issues for all of us and also really had, had really driven those, um, those sorts of issues home for us as well. While it seems like being digitally savvy would work in Generation Z's favor at a time like this, a lack of access to internet is a national issue for many students trying to do online learning. For Gen Z, the internet isn't just something they use for school. It's essential to their social life. Nina says social media helps keep Generation Z entertained, but they've had to trade in real, genuine human connection for filtered images of friends on social media. It also kind of sucks because I have like an iPhone 6, which I've never really cared about before now until like all my friends are doing group FaceTime and I can't really join because my phone is like a generation too old. So there's definitely like pros and cons because sometimes everyone around you is so dependent on technology to interact. When you don't have that technology, you start to feel really left out. For members of Gen Z who aren't in college or who recently graduated, getting and keeping jobs has been a major issue. Here's M. Valladolid, an 18-year-old who works three jobs but was furloughed from one of them working at a beauty store. We overall like don't necessarily have the tools to file for unemployment. Like for those of us who have like parents who don't speak English or parents who like are working illegally in the US or people who like are poor and don't have access to laptops, like those public spaces aren't like here anymore. So how are we supposed to go out there and like file for unemployment if we don't have access to computers? Pew Research found in March that half of the members of Generation Z, ages 18 to 23, reported that they or someone they live with was unemployed or taking a pay cut because of the pandemic. For millennials, that figure was 40%. For Gen X, it was 36%. And for baby boomers, 25%. So once again, Gen Z is leading the way in a bad way. 
Remember in episode one when we told you that a researcher said Gen Z should be called Gen V for virus? Well, that's probably not going to happen, but this pandemic has taken a big toll on them. Here's M again. Um, I have friends who have like relapsed and self-harm. I have people who are having suicidal ideations and like I relapse, like just in like the small time that I w- I've been quarantined, like because of outside sources and because of like living environments, like I've relapsed like three times with self-harm already. I am in connection with my therapist, which is great. But like for those who don't have access to therapy, it's like this is absolute hell right now. Anaya Brown is a UC San Diego senior from New York City who says she's been really overwhelmed. For me, I would, you know, be typing a paragraph in my final and like my mind would start racing and then I'd be thinking about my father or my friends or my cousins or my 16-year-old brother who loves to wear hoodies and sweatpants and now my mind is racing and before I know it, now I'm crying. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to write in this paper. I can't focus. And then I try to, you know, clear my mind, take a break. The majority of the time when I do that, I go on social media. But guess what's all her social media is just more of the same information. She said that stress and confusion over employment, virtual learning, and the national conversation and protests over policing and racial equity have really weighed on her. Being a young Black woman, I was crying almost every day in the middle of the pandemic and the protests and everything. COVID, it's, um, it's kind of been kicking my butt. Mental health was already an issue for Gen Z before the pandemic began, but a CDC report says that the pandemic is only adding pressure. It surveyed more than 5,000 American adults in June and found that the oldest members of Gen Z are experiencing mental health symptoms related to the pandemic at a higher rate than any other generation. Teens and children were not surveyed. The results are very concerning. One in four young adults between the ages of 18 and 24 said they had considered suicide ahead of the survey. I'm Rashawn Lane. I'm a behavioral scientist with the CDC's COVID-19 response. Rashawn and the CDC found that 75% of the members of Gen Z in their survey said that they were experiencing at least one symptom, whether it was anxiety, depression, or something else. Reports of drug and alcohol abuse and suicidal thoughts were also highest for Gen Z. I do think that some of the factors that are impacting young adults include uh, challenges to their daily and social life that has been disrupted because of COVID-19, but we also recognize that individuals might be experiencing financial strain, um, you know, stress that's coming from social connectedness, um, and so we need to think through ways in which community-level interventions can help in supporting those who are at Uh, or who are younger adults. And I think I would also point out, you know, when we think about 18 to 24 year olds, there are a group of individuals who potentially, you know, had their lives changed from not being able to celebrate their graduations in a normal um, way that they would, um, individuals who could have been entering the workforce that might've changed. So I do think there've been a lot of changes um, in the lives of young adults um, since the start of the, pandemic. To get a better idea of how Generation Z is coping with all of this, we reached out to Linda Oshevsky, a doctor of psychology at Pace University in New York City. Uh, I mean, adults obviously have much more developed coping capacities than children do and adolescents. 
Um, and so we're able to ride this storm uh, a little bit more smoothly than, you know, than uh, some adolescents do. Um, adolescents will definitely have higher peaks of emotion, um, and that's just uh, a natural brain development thing. Um, they tend to feel emotion much more than adults do. Um, they tend to have a harder um, ability to um, use their frontal lobe to kind of control how they're feeling. And that's why you often see a lot of adolescents, um, you know, parents of adolescents saying, you know, why is my child, my, you know, I had this wonderful young child and now who is this person in front of me? And so I think that we are all faced with this very similar stressors um, and some parents are faced with very significant stressors of having uh, lost their job. That's pretty significant for adults. The pandemic is adding pressure to a generation that was already feeling a lot of it before the pandemic. The American Psychiatric Association released a report in late 2018, which found that Gen Z is more likely to report their mental health as fair or poor than other generations. In that same survey, 91% of Gen Z said they have experienced at least one physical or emotional symptom because of stress. Those symptoms include things like feeling depressed or sad and lacking motivation or energy. Gen Z pointed to issues in the news as top sources of their stress, including mass shootings and climate change. And now that includes the biggest issue in the news right now, the pandemic. Teens are really feeling stress pretty significantly. And actually, in a recent study that I read, um, the levels of stress that teens are experiencing and um, internalizing is actually much greater than that of parents. Um, and they feel very lost, they feel out of control, and they um, often feel quite hopeless, which explains why the rates of uh, depression and anxiety have skyrocketed. Um, and especially now, suicide rates are very high. Um, so there's a lot of concern coming out of this uh, pandemic, what the new normal will bring and how we can best support the, the kids and adolescents to um, make sure that they are safe. Mental health during the pandemic is a concern for all ages of people, but especially for Gen Z. It's also something that young people we interviewed for this series were very open to talking about, more so than other generations. We talked to Gael Ator, one of the hosts of the Teenager Therapy podcast, about mental health, which is a main focus of the show. Uh, I think we're just being open about it. It's, it's an, the illusion of, you know, this generation is a lot more sensitive but it's just we're more tolerant of it uh, we keep we've been our efforts to reduce the stigma around mental health has actually been very effective i mean if you think about the time you know in 2011 people weren't really talking about mental health on the internet the ones that were were on a very small part of the internet on like tumblr or reddit that were sharing how they felt and i think ever since then we've just that our efforts to reduce the stigma around mental health have been so good and so effective that now you have teenagers everywhere sharing their feelings. Dr. Oshevsky said she's seen that in her own work with members of Gen Z. Mental health is just as important as physical health. We know this. 
right? And I think that this generation is really the first generation to be able to really identify that. Um, and I do, while I do think that there are, um, they are much more open with their uh, suffering, they are also just as open with their um, ability to seek care. And I'm really thankful for that. And I'm, I'm glad that they're able to do this um, because past generations couldn't. We asked Dr. Oshevsky what advice she has for members of Gen Z out there, or really just anyone listening, for how to get through this time. It's clear that not everybody is coping equally through this pandemic, right? Um, and I think we have to keep that in mind when we when we speak with people and we, when we work with people. Um, my advice is, number one, we need to work on controlling what we can, whether it's um, scheduling your day in a way that works so you can wake up a little bit early, jump up, jump, you know, do jumping jacks in the living room um, to get your blood flowing, and then just really schedule your day from there because we do have control over that, right? We need to remember to breathe, um, to breathe in, breathe out, um, and just, you know, practice some mindfulness techniques, stay in the moment, don't get lost in your thoughts, right? That's where the anxiety can overtake you. Um, you know, I said jumping jacks, exercise daily has tremendous benefits, it lowers levels, we know that it helps with depressive symptoms, we know that it helps with anxiety. Um, it also helps with sleep hygiene, right? So let's practice good sleep hygiene. Um, healthy eating, of course, uh, communicating with friends as much as possible, even though um, it's not perfect to communicate online or uh, via Skype, at least people are communicating. Um, and I think the most important thing is to be kind, be kind to yourself, and be kind to those around you. Uh, because there are trying times for everybody. Having gotten to know Gen Z, I wasn't surprised to hear how Allison Aiken, a college student from Seattle, said she was taking care of herself during the pandemic. Honestly, I do a lot of yoga and meditation because that helps with just both my physical and mental health. Um, and it, I feel like it gives a very nice structure to my life, having a routine where I just go on bike rides and then fi find little quiet places to do yoga and meditate for a while. And then I do a lot of reading as well. Though some members of Gen Z have had challenges staying connected via the internet, many of them are still turning to social media for support. This is Gen Z after all. Crystal Sung said it was reaching out to other members of her generation, which finally started to improve her mental health during the pandemic. She started a social media group for incoming freshmen at Georgetown to help them find their way. And I think talking to them really kind of made me um, find the silver lining again. So I got to talk a lot about what I love at Georgetown, um, things that I'm working on. I felt like I really found my purpose. And at the same time, like they are facing just as much uncertainty as I am. And especially since they're freshmen who may not get a, a first fall semester, things are really hard for them. So I think, again, talking to them and also to my friends who are in worse situations really helped me put that into perspective. <laughs> um, and also just finding purpose in um, kind of the new work and the new policy proposals that I'm working on for student government has um, been transformative. Um, but yeah, the uncertainty was really hard for me to deal with. 
A lot of young people shared frustrations and concerns about the pandemic, but they're trying to stay positive. Roxy is a great example. How do I think the pandemic is going to change our generation? Um, I think it's going to make us more flexible. Um, it's going to prepare us for the unexpected. I mean, um, most of us weren't expecting to shift to virtual learning. And so now we're being more tech savvy, which I feel like we've always been, but even more so now, which is really good. Um, it's expanding our skill set. Um, I know for me, it's helping me being more organized and being better with time management just because now I have to have a schedule. If not, like it's easy for me to get lost in other activities um, or to get distracted at home. So it's helping me in that sense. I think it's help. It's going to help our generation with personal growth for sure. Definitely. Thank you to the members of Gen Z and our mental health experts for helping us with this episode and to our listeners for joining us. If you or someone you love needs help, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline for free for confidential crisis counseling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you don't have to be suicidal to call. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Our project editor is Matthew T. Hall. Beto Alvarez is our creative director. And we want to thank John Kelly and Gloria Orbegozo for their help illustrating Hello Gen Z with graphics and video. This podcast comes out every Thursday for the next few weeks. Please subscribe now to hear upcoming episodes on ethnic studies and politics. And if you liked or learned something from this episode, please share it with a friend or family member and leave us a review in your listening app. Thank you and see you next time.